This is the business of sports. Let's talk Super Bowl and Fox Sports. Every single thing that occurs, I want people to remember this is a business. Guaranteed money isn't necessarily guaranteed. Michael Barr. How high can these valuations go? Scott Soshnank. Duke. Everybody loves rooting against him, right? Evan Novi Williams. Off the field, the NBA has never been buzzier. And the leaders in the sports industry. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. The CEO of Oracle, Mark Hurt. Jared Smith, president of Ticketmaster. Mindy race car driver, Elio Castroneves. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Michael Barr. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Scott Soshnick. Every week at this time, plus Mondays and Wednesdays, we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Today, we look at the life and legacy of former NBA Commissioner. David Stern, and we'll also talk about an acquisition in sports entertainment involving the NFL. That is straight ahead on the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show. But first, we'd like to take some time to talk about David Stern. The former commissioner of the NBA passed away on Wednesday, three weeks after suffering a brain hemorrhage. There's been quite an outpouring of kind words for Stern, including these comments from LeBron James. We lost a uh, our great visionary. Um, I thank him and Dr. James Naismith was two of the most important people for the game of basketball. David was the longest serving commissioner of any U.S. pro sport and is credited with transforming the NBA into a global powerhouse. We had him on the show last year, guys, and discussed some of his early experiences with the NBA that really made him push to make basketball a global sport. Yeah, guys, my favorite story involves Stern and some NBA officials heading over to uh, Timpu Bhutan. We get off. We're met by a guide, and he wants to show us that they're that they are in the real world now, the new world, because they tend in Bhutan to be a little bit behind, focusing more on happiness than on wireless. And I love that line. They take me up to an internet cafe. They're only one, and like from Central Casting, there's a young man there, and he has the Lakers on NBA.com. <laughs> with Kobe Bryant. And this is a place that only had television like this was probably in this was like in 1992 they had only just had television uh, introduced into the country. And it was like holy Moses what is Kobe doing on the screen? And it wasn't the setup. It was it was like incidental to the visit and I I was shocked by that. I guess that reminds me of my other one which is we went to uh China in 1990, and we went to the uh, ancient, uh, the city that has the Terracotta soldiers, uh, Xi'an, and we had a guide and a second guide to take us through the soldiers, and the second guide says, oh, that she knew that what I was doing for a living, she said, oh, I'm a big fan of the Red Oxen. And my the first guy says, "This silly girl, she doesn't know what difference between a bull and an oxen." <laughs> okay, so so you know, I have I have learned and been informed by the world that there was an interest in basketball outside of the United States in these early years. I we were in the what was then the Soviet Union and I think it was 1988 with the Atlanta Hawks and we we were taken to the second city of uh, Lithuania Kaunas which is the home to Arvidas Sabonis and Sharonis Marshallonis and we walk into the city hall and the usual contingent of people are there the mayor the head of the local communist party the head of the local basketball federation the head of the Lithuanian Basketball Federation, 
uh, we go through a long conversation. And then as we sort of put our feet up on the table to discuss things, one person says to me, do I think it's fair that the Portland Trailblazers have Arvidas Sabonis <laughs> on their draft list and they have no room under the salary cap to sign him? That was like a bolt of lightning to me. And covering David Stern was like a bolt of lightning for me. That was Stern on our show last year. You probably knew him better out of the three of us than anyone else here. Uh, it, it's it, it's still a hasn't hit me yet that he has passed. Yeah, I, I mean, I I knew David for twenty five plus years, and I, I we don't have that much time, but I'm going to condense this story because I'm going to say how it shaped me. Years and years ago, I went up to David. Somebody had given me a tip, and I went up to David, and I said, I hear you're going to announce. Are you?" And he said, no, just flat out, no. I said, but I have a really good source that tells me. He said, no, I wouldn't. I'm never going to lie to you, Scott. I said, okay. I go back to my source, and I ask, and the source says, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's it's going to happen, and David did it. Next day, exactly what I asked David gets announced. And I went up to David. I said, what gives? I asked you if you had... And he looked right at me. He said, I didn't do it. Russ Granick did, referring to the deputy commissioner. And he looked at me and he said, Scott, ask the question you want answered. And I never, ever forgot. I was angry for 10 minutes and grateful for an entire career. Because remember the Tim Donahue situation, yes. the, the referee? Yes. I had one of the first questions of that press conference. And I asked David, and this was probably 10, 12 years later, by the way. And I asked David, David, have you... Anyone at the NBA or anybody working on behalf of the NBA? And then I asked my question. And he paused and he said, yes. And then he answered a little more fully. And as we're walking out of the big ballroom, I feel a hand on my shoulder. And it was David. He looks at me and he said, nice question. Mm-hmm. He remembered. I understand why I remember because, you know, here I am, cub reporter all those years ago. He remembered that he had said that to me and that I took the advice. I, I remember it, it, what he, so many things he's done for the league. And it was hard for me to, when I thought about it and, and I'm looking at his obit, back in the day before he took over, the playoff games were tape delayed. The finals were. Yeah. You forget the playoff games. The finals were tape delayed. How yeah. does that happen? I, I don't think you can understate how much David Stern transformed the NBA, right? It, he changed the image of the league in a way that was you know controversial and I think kind of difficult at the time. You know the the fact that the the basketball is so popular overseas. You heard him talking right there about about a bunch of their overseas travel. I think that kind of you can trace that back to his policies. Obviously, it, it grew in revenue from a, a very small, you know, twenty three city, you know, circus almost up into you know the second or third biggest sport in America right now. Godspeed, David Stern. He was seventy seven. Guys, let's talk National Football League at a time when everybody seems to be cutting the cable, moving away from television. Ratings for National Football League regular season up 5% this year. During the season, 47 of the top 50 rated television shows were NFL games. Am I wrong in thinking that heading into 2020, the biggest story of the year is NFL media package as they start to renegotiate those? Bar, would I ever tell Eben Novi Williams that he's wrong? <laughs> would I ever be so callous as to tell Eben Novi Williams that he's wrong? Just so happens that he's right, yeah. but you know. No, Eben, you are not wrong. Uh, sort of this NFL on terra firma, you know, destroying the, oh, the concussions, the this, all oh, the agita about the NFL. I think you're pretty comfortable if you own an NFL team right now that your valuations are going up 
that the demand for your product is going up, that you've got these young stars that kids want to see going up. All good. The NFL makes $5.5 billion a year just in its media rights alone. The bulk of that is the three network TV deals with, with Fox, with CBS, with NBC. Those expire in the next couple of years. And we're, you know, the negotiations are going to start this year if they haven't already. They have. I imagine that, you know, we're going to see a massive rights increase. Roger Goodell has said $25 billion is, is the target revenue goal. They're, they're around 15 right now. Well, we this tell becomes you, Eben, critical what, to What we do goal. know is that the NFL, anybody who's involved in sports betting right now. You know, partners of the NFL yes. and everybody can pretty much guess who that is <laughs> has heard from the from the NFL saying we need to know more. We need to know details. You better drill down on any proposal you're going to make to us to broadcast our property. We need to know how is sports betting accounted for and how is digital distribution accounted yep. for. Those are the two pillars that you better come with if you want to be an NFL partner. Can I share a quick story? Four teams are on the bye for the uh, playoffs this weekend. The Ravens, the Chiefs, the Packers. Now, give me some quarterback. No, but you know, it's for, this is actually worth it. Ravens, give me the quarterback. Oh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Chiefs, give me the quarterback. Oh, my man Patrick Mahomes. So those are two, two pretty young guys, right? My right. son likes them. You know, where's the Chiefs hat? Yeah. Packers. Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. These, these are household global stars, by the way. And the fourth team, not Jimmy the Patriots. Garoppolo. It's so weird for not to be the Patriots, yeah, right? No. But as a former Patriot, Tom Brady's <laughs> former backup, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, these are these are fresh faces. Yeah. This is what sports leagues love. They still have an Aaron Rodgers. They got a Tom Brady involved. But let's face it, the kids know Mahomes. They know Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And they sell stuff. Yeah. People want to see them. And, and even the, the old school, I, I got to tell this really quick story. The old school players. My wife loves the 49ers. Did you just call your, your wife an old school player? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> because she got a Ronnie Lott jersey for Christmas for my mother-in-law, her, her mom. Like this past Christmas? This past Christmas. A Ronnie Lott jersey. A Ronnie Lott jersey. So she's wearing the Ronnie Lott jersey, and the San Francisco-Seattle game is on. Now, I'm asleep. i got to be up at 1130 at night. Yeah, like it matters. You yeah. At, at 11, out of the corner I, of your I mouth. was like, what? okay, honey, good luck. I hope you do well. Hope your team, blah, 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 blah. i got to go to sleep. Look, alarm clock went off at 1130. At 1131, she came in the bedroom Oh, guess what? Guess what? We won. We won. I'm like, well, you've got a pronoun problem because first of all, <laughs> no me and we, no me and we, we lost. The Detroit Lions lost. But the whole point of it, what I'm trying to bring is even the old school jerseys are selling. And I'm willing to bet the farm if, if Ravens jerseys, I'm, I'm willing to bet a Ray Lewis jersey is being sold somewhere out there. You don't there. think Trent Dilfer is flying off the shelf? No, I don't. All right, just checking. <laughs> Just checking. But I mean, you know, like, how do your pals consume all the stuff these days? You know, I mean, you you watch your NFL on broadcast, but nobody slices and dices. Like, look at what the NFL did with Thursday night. Mm -hmm. It's on TV if you want it, but it's also streamed on Amazon. By the way, the beauty of it is Amazon ponies up the money and it's not exclusive. They still have their broadcast partners. Can they pull that off? With every broadcast window? Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, the NFL has experimented over the past couple of years with streaming on Yahoo, streaming on Twitter, streaming with Amazon. Uh, and your Verizons and your telcos. Exactly, bring yeah. Them in, it, bring them into. So how does, how does the NFL 
incorporate because they obviously want to how do they incorporate that the tech giants into whatever this next round of negotiations is and whether that looks like exclusive windows for these companies which are obviously more expensive and and come with the risk of losing eyeballs by doing it or do you keep slicing and dicing little pieces of packages non-exclusive this is goes to cbs but amazon gets one one game every sunday that they also get to get to broadcast i think we're going to see hopefully see some some creativity coming out of the NFL. Two words that I don't think you often hear next to each other. Yeah, I would be surprised if I, I'm, I'm going to throw a little flag in, in the ground here. Yeah. I would be extremely surprised if the NFL granted any tech company exclusivity right now. I think you're right. One, they don't have yeah. to. Two, the technology is too questionable, too iffy. And three, it goes against the mantra within the walls of NFL headquarters on Park Avenue that breadth and reach are the most important things. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned the numbers earlier. The NFL is tremendously popular right now. They don't need to go outside the box to, to kind of figure this out and to, and to find new fans. They need to keep a hold of what they have right now, and I think you're right. I think broadcast agreements are going to continue to be, at least through this next window, the way that they do that. Yeah, nothing is going to change the NFL from being the king of all the four major food groups when it comes to sports. You know, I, I would be scared if I was the commissioner and the owners. You always want to be scared of nothing. Because there's always something lurking. You always have to be worried about what are the somethings, right? You, you have to look. However, if you look at the sale of the Panthers to David Tepper, $2.3 billion, we know that there's plenty of interest. And we know that they're actually changing the ownership rules because it's getting more difficult to buy these franchises. But that means the valuations are going up. And... I know the bankers and the lawyers out there are all waiting for a big transaction. Will it be the Broncos? Will it be the Saints? Will it be the Titans? Who knows? But it's going to be very interesting with some amended rules changes, some some financial changes. If there is a full-blown NFL auction out there, where will the number go? And keep in mind, even a team that has a lowly record like the Cincinnati Bengals doesn't matter at two and fourteen. That's just what I was going to say. Scarcity does value. not matter does because not now matter. the talk is, hey, who are we going to get first in the draft? I'll take my last parting shot. Even the Lions. <laughs> Thank you. That was for you, Michael Barr. All right. Up next on the show, a deal involving Endeavor on location. By the way, sticking with the NFL family because they remain as an investor. On Location Experiences is being sold to Endeavor. Now, the NFL was an investor in On Location from the beginning. They are staying in. Redbird Capital, out. Bruin Sports Capital, out. Carlisle Group, out. Now, if you don't know what On Location Experiences is, now, do you? I do not. Okay, so On Location, it's sort of this super high-end experience company. Let us say the Super Bowl, for example. How would you like to be right in the middle of all the biggest parties at the Super Bowl, right in front of the pregame, that that banquet that they have with the owners? You get to go there. Game ends. You get to stand on the field as the confetti is falling and the trophy is given. You get to go hang out in the winning locker room, that kind of thing. They sell high-end experiences, and they do it in all sports, and they're doing it around the world. Now, they had, obviously, private equity money in Redbird and Bruin and Carlisle. Now the question is, how do you go to the next step? How do you take this business to the next step? You sell it to Endeavor, a strategic partner, and you wonder, can they do for OLE 
what they did for UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championships. That once it was acquired by Endeavor, every metric skyrocketed. They're, they're through the roof. Now you wonder what can you do with OLE? By the way, with the NFL having a right to increase its stake in the business, probably up to twenty percent. And it's the biggest property in sports. Can you take all of these experiences now in music, fashion week, uh, Miss Universe, all the, the the relationships and the events and the contacts that Endeavor has? Yeah, I mean, let's remind people what Endeavor is, right? Endeavor is the parent company now of William Morris, WME, and IMG, biggest talent agencies and among the biggest talent agencies in Hollywood. Uh, they just bought another recent agency, Harry Walker Agency, right, which represents Barack Obama, Shaquille O'Neal. They have a, a lot of access, right? This is a, this is a smart. I mean, it makes sense why these two two groups would link up. Uh, and you're right. I mean, we we talk about this in a lot of different forms, but you know, experiences are the way that a lot of people feel like fandom is turning, right? As, as as the way people watch sporting events changes, right? The the way people go to sporting events is also changing. It's just not enough to sit and, and watch the game. Exactly. You have to differentiate yourself. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future there is a lot more of this, right? Where going to a game involves so much more than just parking your car, walking in and having a seat. Well, you see it on a smaller level. Teams are like, hey, you have to pay X, either whether to the foundation or for profit, but you can ride on that little space seat on the Zamboni as the ice is being cleared. Exactly. More and more things like that. Exactly. Uh, wow. It, they they offer that? But yes, they offer it right now. You I'm can, sorry, I didn't you mean can, to interrupt. You can just... pay. There's a little side seat on the Zamboni now, and you, you can pay for little Johnny to take a ride. Yeah. Really? Yes. I, I had no idea. It, this this must cost a lot of money, though, especially the Super Bowl thing. No, I think it's a, a, a good point. And, you know, it, what, what comes with making all these things more exclusive is that you, you end up probably increasingly pricing out a lot of people who want to go to things, right? So this is a push and pull that sports teams obviously deal with right now, sports entities deal with right now, and will continue to deal with, right? In that as you try to make everything more premium, you're also, you know, making things a little bit more difficult financially for people to afford. Well, let's let's not even pretend and play that this is for everybody. It's not. It's not. This is sure. for rich folks. Yeah. yeah. This is for this rich is, folks. This isn't for us. Let's no, put it that way. but it, it's an, an increasingly important segment of your fan base. And one that can seriously drive revenue. So uh, the NFL, as we always know, looking to diversify the revenue streams. are looking for global opportunities. Endeavor and this company bring both of those things to the table. I have, n- I have never heard of the company, but it seems like that, for lack of a better term, they're selling experiences. They're selling experiences, yes. And there's travel companies part of it. You want to go to a Notre Dame game in Ireland? You do it through OLE, right? Yeah. But right now, everybody knows about the Super Bowl. For a while back, they actually had John Bon Jovi as an investor. That that has since dissipated, but sort of intimate uh, concert experiences with John Bon Jovi. But with the portfolio at Endeavor, whether it's actors, whether it's musicians, whether it's models, whether it's athletes themselves, people love to hang out with athletes. What, what would you pay for a dinner with David Beckham? I don't know. But, I, I would, but pay. I can bet there's some folks out there who would pay a pretty penny for it. I would pay. How about money? a private lesson? How about a, how about a sparring session with Conor McGregor? How about a ride along with Mario Andretti? A ride along with Mario. I do that Andretti. in a minute. That that's the sort of thing we're looking at, and then you scale it to the World Cup, Olympics. Those are the partnerships that we're talking about. How do you scale these experiences from the one-off? to the, the, the large event like the Super Bowl. 
Let's talk college football, guys. January 13th, LSU versus Clemson. No Alabama in the championship game this year, uh, but two other college football Blue Bloods, right? Two of the most, two of the richest athletic departments in the country. Some numbers, real quick, from an athletic budget standpoint: Clemson, 120 million dollars; LSU, almost 140 million dollars. It seems to me like we are continuing to see kind of this separation in college sports between the, the few teams that can make a college football championship and the many, many that cannot. And the two main divisions in college football, of course, the SEC. And, We're not uh, going to say the ACC is a no, no. <laughs> We'll save that for college yeah, basketball. Save season. that one yeah. for basketball okay. and the Big Ten. I mean, but obviously it's no representation in the national championship game. But those two are are far beyond all the other conferences in collegiate sports. Yeah, and it's a good point because when you dive into you know the college the the football team profit, for example, right? LSU makes fifty five million dollars a year on football. Right, Clemson makes seven million. Right, so there's right. a huge difference there. And I just gave you the budgets. The budgets are not that different. One of the main differences is exactly what you just said, Michael. The fact that LSU every year gets the check that all SEC teams get, which at this point now is around fifty million dollars, and every year Clemson gets the ACC check, which is a little under thirty million dollars. Yeah. Right, there's a big difference just out of the gate from what your SEC football teams are starting with versus what your ACC teams are starting with. You know, blame Syracuse for not being all that good. And just for fun, <laughs> uh, hey, Colin, we're going to spring this on you. I know, but can we just get some Ed Ogeron sound here? I mean, it doesn't matter what he says. I just want everybody to get to listen to Eddie Ogeron. It's just kind of enjoy. enjoy. We're going to cut college football in the championship game. Let's, let's hear Big Ed say anything. College football is great, especially in the South here. Everybody loves their football team. I understand their fans, how much they love their football team. We have a great fan base here. It was just time for us to win. We had the better football team. We had to go get it done, and we did. Excellent. Now, go. <laughs> Translate uh, that. <laughs> yeah, what was that? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's listen, it's ever since, and I'm going to go to an old school argument and bring it up again. You always go to the old school argument. Because I'm, I'm an old school, school guy. Oh. Uh, we need to expand the playoffs. No. Yes, we no. do. It needs to you go. You want more blowouts like we saw in the in the first of the final four? You had fifty point spreads. Yeah, but come Nobody on. Nobody needs more. If you're not good enough to be in the final four, you're just not good enough. Done. If you have eight teams in there, oh. at least you know that. Oh. Look, we picked the eight teams. Yeah. And there's. And you know what happens? Be, you know what happens? Then you're going to say there should be twelve. No, uh, no, but number nine and ten sure will. They'll be complaining that we should have been number eight. We should have been it. It never ends. You got to pick it somewhere. The season has to end. These are not professional athletes. Uh, reminder, reminder. These are not professional athletes. They do have exams. They do have to get to school. You want to add another round of travel, you're another just, round of stuff. You're just playing one more no. game. Oh, you're just playing one more game. Go it, go ask the NFL players what it's like to add one more game. I get you that. you up for that. It, it's, but, they, but look, collegiate sports, and God bless them, it's not a 16-game season. And, and, and one more game eliminates all the argument. About it's not if a this team should be season because they have a full many of them have full academic load. It's a good back and forth, but it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> at it some, is going at to some happen. point, this this playoff will get expanded. 
not for the reasons that you guys are discussing, but because <laughs> there's so much money in it, right? The, because the media will pay for it. Exactly. The yes. media will pay for it. ESPN will open the checkbook for it. Uh, the, the ratings on, on the semifinal games were good. The, the, the championship game will probably be good as well. There is, there, there's so much media interest in live sports right now, especially big events, that if you can get, even if the blow, even if it is a blowout, I think even if you can just call it the college football quarterfinals, of course. Uh, there, there's a premium that, that networks but will pay for. You want to hear the old school versus is new school you have you say your old school whatever yeah. eben has got some kind of watchers fitbit or whatever's on it just lit up and like blinded me you're like what's going on is your heart rate all right i'm not <laughs> that, sure that's the battery charging the whoop right oh the, the yeah. battery charging the whoop is like <laughs> blinding me in my face what a great moment this is i can't see anything eben's blind he's got his whoop you don't you and i don't, don't even have you know what I, I got a fitbit for Christmas. Hey. Hey. I got the Fitbit for Christmas. See, this is this why... This is the start of the marathon. This is the start of the marathon. This is why... I'm sorry to say it like this. When your wife says, we're not going to do anything, just going to do some oh, stocking you, did you, stuffers... Did you buy her something and she... Oh. You didn't she did? No, I may, I, oh, right. I saw through that. Okay, okay. I've seen this game before, right. man. So I got some very nice perfume because I knew something was going to go down. And sure enough, here's a Fitbit. Right now, I got now I got to learn how to. The, the Fitbit feels like the reverse Peloton ad, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, she's obviously a listener. There's something he clearly has stated that he wants. Yeah. Yikes! All but, right. yeah. But so, so you'll be losing. You'll be shedding pounds, and college football is going to be adding games. College football will be adding games. I, I, I just this is where I said be very interested to see when the names, the likeness, the image. And more revenue coming in. And we even had the athletic director, John Curry, at Wake yep. Forest saying some of this spending is absolutely asinine. We don't need golden toilets and locker rooms. But that's where we are. You know why we're there? Because the money has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. They can't keep it on the books. So it's going to go to coaches. You're going to have strength coaches making millions of dollars. You're going to have assistant coaches making millions of dollars. You're going to have you know gold inlays and everything fancy-schmancy. And the edifice race, uh, it's an arms race for in the building. You just have the, the coolest, nicest practice facility that's how you get the, the top recruit I, i'm curious if you could both of you weigh in quickly could you go counterculture and be like remember like the old school the rocky movie rocky whatever it was when he fought ivan drago where rocky trained in the barn pulling the sleds in the snow and drago had all the tech could you sell the notion of we're old school i mean you're going to have everything you need but we're here to play football we're here to dominate we're here to win we're going to do it in a certain way not going to be you're not going to have all the fancy tech at your locker. That's not who we are. We just want to win and be the best. No. Is that quick enough for I you? Think, that's quick I, enough? I think the answer is yes. I, oh, mean, I, the, love, this. Think, you I think love this. I love this. There the, we go. The, if you look at the, the literature, the research, the your your fancy locker room and your fancy strength you know, gym and all that has no bearing on, on your recruiting. recruiting. Yep. Everyone says it does. They do it because they want to compete, etc. Uh, but if you dive into the numbers, and a few scientists have done this, or researchers, academics have done this, um, it, there's no there's no, no statistical correlation. correlation between you know your hundred million dollar ah. locker room and you know the, the strength of your recruiting class the year before or the year after. Um, I, I think you're right, Michael, in that it's it's a hard to to make that push. But if I was an on the academic side of a university, I would absolutely be telling my folks, listen, like you're telling me we're spending we're going into debt, hundreds of millions of dollars of debt to build this because you want this result, and the science says that there is that result never result happens. Never happens. Yeah. All I'm yeah. saying is is that if you show a picture of your locker room and it has broken glass and nails on the floor, <laughs> that's not gonna help you. My goal is to be the number one pick. That's something I've been dreaming of since kids. It feels better to be number one than number five. I wear the number because of Mike. We have a chance to go for three. 
three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business and Sports, the number of the week. Number of the week, 90. Number of the week, 90. It's so hard with Bar because you have no idea if it's sports related or the you know, number of bathrooms in a building you've <laughs> It's so hard. 90. Yeah, give us a hint. Uh, yeah. Uh, a very historic moment that happened in sports, and uh, it is the age of the person who passed. Don Larson. Don Larson. Yes, yeah. yes. He is the only person in World Series history to pitch a perfect game. It happened in 1956. I want is that to say good? Game two. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. <laughs> you, you were. Let me, let me do the math. You were fifty-two. Uh, yeah, I was fifty-two back then. <laughs> I told Yogi Berra, "Go out there and hug him, man. That's going to be the picture. Hold it. That was it, man." Uh, Don Larson. Uh, it, he was with seven teams. Started out with the Detroit Tigers in '53, and uh, went on. And then, of course, he had the moment of moments in World Series history. And uh, gave us something special. And then uh, I think Vin Scully. There's tape of Vin Scully calling that game, which hmm. is great. So, uh, onward, Don Larson, New York Yankees pitcher. He passed away at 90 Godspeed. I like it. Well, Mr. Barr, fearing that perhaps you were going to pick a Buckingham Palace-related uh, <laughs> number, I, too, came armed with a number of the week that, that I stumbled across the other day. Yeah. 55. 55. 55. The average, Nothing to do with Michael Jordan and average Madison age of a Major League Baseball ticket buyer. It is the age, but it's not oh. of a Major League ticket buyer, although you're probably low. Uh, <laughs> the age at which Tom Brady will retire. Most <laughs> right, I'm going to read it just for fun, because okay. I, I caught this on ESPN. When the Elmira Enforcers took the ice against the Danbury Hattricks in a Federal Prospects Hockey League game, they had an unusual veteran player in the lineup. Unusual because he was 55, but also unusual because he was the owner. So many players were hurt and out of the lineup that Robbie Nichols, a draft pick in 1983 of the Philadelphia Flyers, age 55, suited up and took the ice for the enforcers. Somewhere Mark Cuban is salivating over reading this story. <laughs> well, Jimmy, well, well, one of one of Cuban's big statements is like when they talk about uh, like CEOs who get involved in their business. Yeah, he's like, I'm smart enough to own the Dallas Mavericks, and I'm also smart enough to know I don't play for the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> but according, you know, this guy obviously, wow. hey, desperate times, de- desperate measures, right? Fifty five years old, twenty five years. After his last season of professional hockey, I say kudos to you, Robbie Nichols. If you're 55, and I don't care that it's the Elmira Enforcers and the Danbury Hattricks, love the names, love probably the logos as well, but that's pretty cool. I like this. As you get older, you get slower. I couldn't keep up with the kids. My mind can go. My legs can't. Done. If I had a nickel for every time I thought that. There you go. Yeah. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports. We are here each and every week at the same time, plus online, wherever you get your podcast. You can catch those Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I'm Michael Barr on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. I'm Evan Novi Williams at Novi underscore Williams. And I'm Scott Soshnick. You can follow me on Twitter at Soshnick. Thank you very much for joining us. Please tune in next week when we speak with the biggest and brightest in the sports business industry. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. Oh,